Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank from Connecticut, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 25th, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 70. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with, suppose we fall short, and ends with, out of our experience. Today's readers are Esther S., Pat M. S., Du L., Russ M., and Kelly S. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, November 24, 2019, special edition meeting, is 13,710. That's 13710. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service for this month, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Pat MS to read the OA 12 tradition. Good morning. Uh, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction, Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'm Pat MS from Alabama, and thanks, everybody, for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Pat MS. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in chapter five, how it works on page 70. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph which begins with, suppose we fall short and ends with, out of our experience. I will now ask Do L to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. This is Duell, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. 
Um, says, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we're going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only half truth. It depends on us and our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and we have, we have an honest desire to let God take care of us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and we'll have learned our lesson. If we're not sorry, our conduct continues to hurt others and we're quite sure to drink. We're not theorizing. These are facts out of our experience. And again, good morning. Uh, my name is Du and I am a recovered compulsive overrear from New York. Here on page 70, we are getting ready to uh, finish up with the four-step inventory writing. And so far we have, you know, done a lot of work. We've done the resentments, we've done the fears, we've done the sex conduct, and we've learned a lot, right, to pray specifically about these um, situations that come up. And one of the things um, that we do that for is because we want to get right aligned with God, right? And so for us, it's important because, you know, our sex conduct has been very troublesome, you know, with relationship with others. And this big book um, teaches us how to, you know, first of all, that relationships are complicated. And when we're involved with people, you know, we can make, make a mess of things. So it's teaching me already the checkpoint. And I love this paragraph because it's a checkpoint about my motives. You know, if I am checking my motives, I'm going to see if I'm in alignment with God's will or if I'm in alignment with self-will, right? So these are my two options. I, I have two options. If I choose option number one, to be in alignment with God, then I learn my lesson and I'm in harmony with others. However, if I choose to be in self-will run riot, then I continue to hurt others and the outcome is, I will eat again. And they're saying it's not an if, it's a when. When I'm going to eat again, right? Because this is not about, you know, um, thinking that I'm going to go through this inventory, step four, and uh, go through these, uh, you know, go through the resentment, go through the fear, and go through the uh, sex conduct, check, check, check. I'm done. I don't have to look at this again. I don't have to pray about this again, right? Uh, this is not that type of inventory. This is an education without graduation. This is a skill set that helps me to implement and be in alignment with God and others. But if I choose not to do that, you know, if I choose not to uh, work this program the way it is, they're saying our experience is you will drink again. If you're not in alignment, the resentments will come up, the fears will come up, the sex conduct will come up. And you have a choice. You have a choice to be in alignment. You have a choice to work these steps. You have a choice to do this the way it's outlined so that you can have a happy, joyous, and free life. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> my timer kind of like got messed up here. Sorry. So I just wanted to wrap it up with this. You know, this is about, uh, you know, getting the right, correct behavior that leads to that leads us not back to the food, but gives us a way to be recovered, to make amends, to pray for others, to get in alignment with God and others. And, and that's, that's the ultimate point of this paragraph is to be in harmony and not to have to live that life of restless, irritable, and discontent. And with that, I pass.
Thank you, Do L. So if you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 70 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Kathy K. Larry K. Hi, Rebecca. Okay, wait, wait. Please don't say anything. Let me just write down who I think I heard. Larry, Kathy K. Larry um, R. Is it? And... Um, I know I Nessa heard Raquel, R. but there was some Nessa R. Okay, thanks. Okay, now you can keep Leia going. Ida A. Ida. Okay, that I didn't catch. Ida, I got. Vinny T. Vinny T. Okay, Blanca let's stop there. Uh, I'll add you Blanca. Okay, oh. so here's who I have. Kathy K., Larry, Nessa, Raquel, Leia, Ida, Vinny, and Blanca. And um, if I missed you, I'll try to get you next time, and you can say your first initials when I call your name. Kathy Kay, please go ahead. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Uh, this is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston. And um, this uh, paragraph is so important for me because the first time I walked through the steps, um, I was so excited um by the time i got to step nine i was really feeling good um i had done my three inventories i had given them away i learned um how to work on my character defects that i came to see very clearly in those inventories i made amends and you know what after that i was just sitting on my laurels. Um, and what this paragraph reminds me of is that I have to do this kind of inventory work every time I'm experiencing disturbance or discomfort. That's what this paragraph reminds me, that um, I need to keep doing the work, and only by keep doing the work can I stay aligned with God's will for me. It's such an amazing uh, set of principles and instructions because it ensures that once I become self-aware and I form a connection with God, um, there's no real reason at all anymore for me to pick up the food. All I need to do is go to God when I'm disturbed. And that's what this paragraph reminds me of. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kathy Kay. Larry Kay, a little birdie reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. Appreciate your help and your service this morning. Yeah, Larry Kay uh, recovered. Um, yeah, I like Kathy. I uh, this paragraph, uh, you know, it, it it definitely drives home for me. Uh, the need to do this inventory, and I want to, you know, I, I want to come back. I always have to remember for me, at least for me, that I have an obsession of the mind that that compels me to eat. And I have an allergy of the body that condemns that I'll go mad or I'll die. That's what Bill Wilson said. And, and for me, I also want to remember that as I'm doing this work, this inventory work, I'm doing it to to effectuate a spiritual awakening where I can gain access to power. And 
overcoming this disease of compulsive overeating is not 99% hopeless. It's 100% hopeless for someone like me without a spiritual remedy. The reason I'm doing this work is to get to that spiritual remedy. In other words, if I have this thing, I will never be able to refuse the first bite, regardless of all the willpower that I have. At some point, I will take the first bite, thereby setting you know, the f- physical magnification of craving, the intensification of craving in motion. I will, I will set that in motion. And untreated... I have zero long-term defense against taking that first bite. At some point, I will do it. That's the primary reason that there are people, maybe even on this line, who only thought they were recovered. They pick up the first bite, get back on the hamster wheel. They're baffled. They're scared. You know, it's, we get back into the class, introduction to hopelessness, you know, spiritual kindergarten, And they're beautiful, lovely people. And let us also be willing to accept the fact that their accumulated memories of the disastrous effects of this, of picking up the first bite, simply do not crowd their mind before eating. They were 100% abstinent. No alcoholic foods in their body. Yet they could not refuse the first bite when the mental twist snuck up on them. That's why I'm doing this work. It's not perfect work that's required of me but it's work. Why am I doing it? I'm doing it to effectuate a spiritual transformation that will give me access to power. Then I will have a mental defense. And the last I'll say, Rebecca, we're engaged at looking at our defects of character just as one component of a process that will give us an effective defense. And Dr. Silkworth said that it's the egotism found in alcoholics whose interests are centered entirely in themselves. And when we successfully apply this stuff, we get liberation. We then begin to ask how we can help others. It happens automatically. We don't even have to think about it. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca, for your service. Thank you, Larry Kay. Nessa? It's Nessa R., isn't it? Yeah, hi. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, suppose we fall short of our ideal. So, you know, Bill here is assuming correctly so that from time to time we are going to fall off the beam. And he, he tells us that even before this section on page 60, right after reading the steps, it says, um, it says, uh, don't be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. And then below he says we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Um, You know, being recovered uh, certainly doesn't mean that we are cured, but it doesn't mean either that I have become a saint, a perfect human being, an infallible human being, that I'm never going to experience the yucky emotions, the base feelings, the resentment, the envy, you know, et cetera. Um, it just recovery means that if and when it's not if it's when I do experience those things, I'm not going to have to eat over this because I have a better way to handle uh, life situations now. You know, it tells me that I will no longer have to run to the food for my sense of eating comfort because I have something infinitely better, infinitely more reliable. Um, 
which is God as a source of his comfort. And another thing that I wanted to say is, um, you know, um, it says uh, we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. So this this sentence here um, tells me that steps two to twelve, the spiritual steps that don't involve the food, but rather uh, my behavior my conduct with regards to myself, others, and more importantly, God, um, are not going to be perfect 100% of the time, and that's okay. Step one, however, the food always has to be perfect. Um, you know, I go to meetings where I, I hear people say, well, my, my abstinence is kind of sloppy, you know, the, uh, my, I'm, almost perf- I'm almost abstinent or I'm almost perfectly abstinent, but you know what? It's progress, not perfection. And that's not what it says here. It says we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection because, you know, these steps always work when we work them in entire abstinence or when there's no entire abstinence. Even if we are 100% faithful to the instructions of this book, um, we're going to get nothing, right? Half measures avail us nothing. And lack of entire abstinence is, um, is half measures. So um, I choose today to have a completely clean um, food day and work the steps to the best of my ability, which sometimes is going to be great, sometimes right. not so great, but I will never need the food to get to life again because because of these steps in recovery, I have God, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. from Toronto, Canada. Raquel E. Hi, Rebecca. Our dear Rebecca, thank you so much for calling on me. There's so much good in this paragraph, but my heart is just overflowing with the joy of the convention. And if any, and, and I, the perfect way of tying it in here. Uh, with uh, we are not theorizing; these are facts out of our ex- our experience. Here is a very fantastic educational tool. It's almost when he says that if we learned our lesson or we didn't learn our lesson, we'll surely drink. It's like a kid breaking the window in his bedroom, and instead of punishing him, he say, "Okay, I'm going to be cold." Those are the results of actions. And I don't have to test it because the last speech that I heard that finally brought me to the convention, thank goodness, because I'm still roaming the halls there and people are coming towards me in my mind and saying, Raquel, we thought you were not coming. And what experiences I had, miracles. So um, this, this thing that he said is he was talking, Craig was talking about experiment instead of experience. If you do this experiment, he says, you're going to learn your lesson, right? So how many times do you have to do the same experiment and expect different results? Well, I sure did that enough already. But what I really wanted to tie in, and I didn't put my timer on, dear Rebecca, please stop me. These are the facts out of our experience. You know where else it says facts? In 164, it says this is the great fact for us that 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 incredible things will happen to us and to others, and this is what I experienced at the convention. You know, some people who recognized my voice and were glad to see me and were telling me how I called them at the right time. 
averting some some bad things. I, I still cannot fathom, you know, how God works his miracles in wondrous ways. But I've gone to two meetings already here to share about that, that how we are a mishpocha, we are a mishpacha, a family, all of us there. And we are present in each other's lives. And these two people who who heard my voice in the elevator at two different occasions, it's just, you know, it's so exciting to to even say it in words when they described to me where uh, some conversation we had stepped in to help make the next little baby step towards, or or bigger step to, to, um, to make changes in their lives. So you are there for me. And I feel that I was able to come to this convention and I had to come to charge my batteries a little more because some people stepped into my life who need help. Yes. And so I wrap up. It it was great. And and, um, I don't know that uh, I'm going to be less than 18 two years from now, but I'm looking forward to seeing all of you again. And everybody has wonderful, wonderful recoveries. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Raquel E. from Israel. Leah, is it Leah S., I think? Leah? I'm so sorry. I was talking to the full wolf. Thank you, Rebecca. (laughs) This is Leah S., recovered in Brooklyn. I'm very grateful today. So this is a very powerful paragraph. Um, Suppose we fall short of chosen ideal. Um, If I am sorry for what I have done, if I have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, what is God taking us to better things? I can I can seriously compare it to a baby. How do how do you communicate communicate with a baby? Um, how do you get that baby to smile or even to – the baby knows nothing except the truth and the honest heart because a baby cannot talk. And, and, and when a baby smiles, it's that communication. And that's what I want, God to take me to better things so that my relationship with the other sex or with anyone else relationships – that's what it's all about. I wanted better um, communication. I wanted better um, uh, understanding. I wanted better um, um, just just being free, free of the, the, the nudging part of it that, oh, my God, again and again, oh, now we're going to get into a, 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 some kind of a squabble, some kind of a... I didn't want that, and I want to be understood, and that's what that's what I'm praying for. God, take me to better things, to better relationships with people, and especially with the people that I live with, and especially the people that I love. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. from Brooklyn. Ida? Hi, good morning, everyone. Ida here, grateful compulsive overeater from Northern British Columbia. Thanks, Rebecca, and thanks, everybody, for being here. You know, sometimes I'm shocked 
I think I've read this before. I thought I had read this before. I actually thought I read this section with the sponsor, but you know, I wasn't paying attention. I, um, I might have been in the food then, but I did not hear and see and, and have a body experience to what I have today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Creator. <clears throat> I, know, I, I know for myself, I am a compulsive person. I can get compulsive about anything. I can overindulge. I can indulge in excess. But not just like exercise, work, food, back in the day, alcohol. I can have excess in my distorted thoughts and my distorted behavior that actually hurts people. That kind of excessive indulgence that like I just, other people I think have better rational controls or they have a stop button or an off switch that I don't have. And today I know that's okay. And in this passage, I am told very clearly that God honors my motives. So I can be trying and I can all of a sudden, and I love what um, I think it was do said, I can start the day aligning myself with the creator. <clears throat> Food's been gone. I align myself with the creator and all of a sudden I'm indignant at the grocery store line. I turn away from God, turn to my self-will, and I think in my head, how dare you make me wait? But if I can catch myself and I can, I can lean into pages 86 to 88, um, and, and, and that, I think it's on page 87, that paragraph for sustained recovery, when we go through the day, we pause. Pause when agitated or doubtful. Creator, please help me with the right thought or action. It really works. It is extraordinary. And I think that's the real gift that the creator's trying to help me with, trying to help all of us with. Once we put the food down, how we think, how we behave, and how we feel is radically altered. But I don't get it right. Every day I make, I make mistakes, some big and some small. And big, I mean, I got I to gotta do an amend right away. And I'm getting good at them because rumor has it I have to do a lot. And you know what? That's kind of okay. The sacred pause works. And this big book, wow, is it alive and real in my life. And bless you all for, for, for your contribution because I, I'm, a I'm a changing person, imperfect, imperfect in all ways, and it's okay. Anyway, thanks for being here. Blessings, everybody. I pass. Aida, what's the first initial of your last name? A for abstinent. Thanks, Ida. Vinnie T. Uh, good morning. This is Vinnie T. Am I being heard? Yes, Vinnie. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is Vinnie T. in North Carolina, um, gratefully recovered. Um, this paragraph, you know, it's like this is where, you know, Having done step four, I've learned or discovered, you know, the source of my discomfort, uh, which is me. <laughs> and at this point, um, I was still in the acting as if stage uh, of my recovery. I, I, I was an agnostic and I didn't, didn't know my higher power, but having, you know, gone through one through four, um, I started to 
act as if, you know, my higher power is going to take, you know, take me out of my discomfort. And, you know, that that's really the sort of the beginning of my change, you know, to be open to the possibility that, that this could work. Uh, and uh, it has, I have found my higher power, and I am so grateful. And, uh, yeah, I work step four every day, you know. Um, I, I feel those discomforts, and uh, and I do turn to God, and I do get answers. And thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Vinny T. Blanca. Was there a Blanca who squeezed in on the end? Hello, good morning. I'm sorry. Uh, this is Blanca BG, a food addict. Uh, um, the two words that um, that come to me are correct behavior. Um, two days ago, I was uh, I had missed my lunch. I I was I had gotten very hungry. Um, I I know better than that, and I was just uh, well. I'm going to go into this fast food <clears throat> place and I don't go to fast food anymore. Poison for me. And I did. <clears throat> I, um, my addiction just kind of took right over and I pulled into the fast food and I ordered my lunch. It wasn't, uh, I was able to stick pretty much to my, to my, my food plan, but then bright as wet, big bold letters, brand new dessert. Try this new dessert. Well, um, I thought, okay, I will just to have a couple bites. You know, there was, there it was. So I pulled over in the parking lot and, and said, I'm, you know, I was so hungry. I want to eat. And the first thing I did, of course, was uncover this, uh, this bold, new, fantastic dessert they were, they were advertising. And the dessert was, uh, four biscuits with, this uh, sugary frosting all over it. I I don't know what happened to me, but I got so angry. This rage took over, and I was just staring at this stuff, and I was thinking, "That's it. That's it. That's what's that's trying to kill me. This is this is what's leading me to an early grave. Diabetes. I'm I was just staring at it, and I was mad. I was just mad as hell. And I took everything, put it in a bag. And threw it away, every bit of it. And I thought, no, <clears throat> you know, that's I'm I. And so, correct behavior. I was able to exercise correct behavior because of the mindfulness and awareness this program gives me, and has given me for so many years. Will I have this correct behavior from now on? I don't know. I have to take it one day at a time. But for today. I am very grateful for the awareness and the mindfulness this program has given me that I was able to exercise correct and proper behavior in my addiction. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Blanca BG. Okay, I'm ready to take more names. If you want to share on the first paragraph on page 70 that begins with, suppose we fall short, Pete B., Marion K. Some Marion K. Perhaps Dar- Darian with a D. 
Oh, Darian K. Got it. Beth. Beth W. Melissa Sam Kelly, yeah. Okay, wait. Kelly, I heard, and Devorah, but there was someone before Kelly. You remember who you were between Melissa and Kelly? I heard it, but I couldn't hold on. Pam S? Yeah. Thank you, Pam. Okay. So I don't know if we'll get to you all, but we'll try Pete B, Darian K, Beth W, Melissa C, Pam, Kelly, and Devorah. Pete B, please go ahead. Thank you, moderator. Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Hold on me. I'm doing a really good job at the meeting. And, you know, so, so in the context of where we're reading, right, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal, so we've done a review of our history, both our resentments, our fears, and our sexual conduct or our relations with other people, and we've created, as a product of that analysis, we've created this ideal that we're then challenged to comply with as we go forward, right? It's, we're challenged then to walk into the rest of these you know, sticky situations and our entanglements with other individuals, other human beings, and we're challenged to live by this ideal, right? An ideal is a standard of perfection or a principle to be aimed at. Aimed at, not hit, but aimed at, right? But, you know, and, and I believe the, the authors of this book understood that we are complicated people and we are going to have conflict. We are going to bump into other people and other people are going to have needs and they're going to be trying to have their needs met and they're going to be, they're going to be conflicting and there's going to be a problem, right? Does that mean that if there's a problem, I did something wrong? Not necessarily. But if I don't learn from my mistake, if I don't adapt in my next engagement, right, this is what this is saying. If I don't, if I don't try to correct that and bring a different spirit, different actions, different beliefs, behaviors into the next entanglement, right? If I just keep on my merry way, this is the way I am, so be it. This is how, you know, if you don't like it, forget you, right? If I, go, if I walk into these entanglements, what it's saying here is that if I continue to harm others, then I'm going to drink, then I'm going to eat, right? I don't know of anywhere else in the book where it tells us if we don't do something correctly or if we don't work towards, this, towards something correctly, that we're going to eat. So this tells me that this particular paragraph is super, super, super important, right? I have to bring a spirit of open-mindedness and um, development into the entanglements that I have with all other people in fellowship or outside of fellowship. Because if I don't, what's it say? If I don't learn from these things, if I don't, if my ideals don't get molded differently because of my experience, then I'm going to hurt somebody. I continue to hurt somebody, and then I could, I could drink. Right? They're not theorizing. These are the facts of our experience. So we have to take it super, super important. One is I've got to have a chosen ideal, a defined ideal, something I'm shooting for. I've got to bring that into my engagements and my entanglements with other. And if I fall short and they get harmed, I've got to think about my behavior, figure out what I was doing wrong, figure out where I have to, uh, where I have to um, either uh, apologize, right, amend the behavior, or I have to forgive, right? That's the big one that I think we often forget is that forgiveness plays a big part in this as well. And then I move forward and move on with the rest of the 12-step recovery program. I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thanks, PB. Darian K. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Darian. Okay. Yeah, good morning. This is Darian K. from the Berkshires. Uh, recovered for today. Um, yeah, I need to just chime in. Um, so I was thinking in my head, just comically, um, that I would love to live on an island on my own with good food, all abstinent food all around, <laughs> and um, and maybe some cats and dogs. But that's not life, right? And so then I thought, hmm, why did I love that convention so much? Because I was around people that understood me and accepted me. And so I knew that I could get along very easily with most of you. <laughs> but when I come home, that is where I practice my program, right? And so um, I have to practice these principles, right, in all my affairs. And um, and I, you know, I put people on my list and, you know, I I see, I see my relationship problems. It's so black and white for me. And, um and so I have to really practice, um, you know, what I what I said I would do or what I apologize for or whatever. And but I also thought God is really helping me with all of this, just like He helps me a day at a time with my food. He helps me with um, the relationships in my life. Um, I can't do this alone. Left up to my own devices, I will make a mess of it again and again and again and um and there's just you know there's no apology that really works at that point and so um you know i really have to practice i have to say the serenity prayer you know accept what i can accept and change what i can change and really rely on god lean into god um as i've heard so lovely on this line so many times um put um, that I just have to lean into God and pray that I can um, be the best person I can be and that is the best person I can be with others as well because I can't live on an island or and I can't live at the convention. <laughs> I have to live in the real world. <clears throat> and, excuse me, this is what this program gives me. It gives me that opportunity to live in the real world, to get along with others, and to be my authentic self. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Darian Kay from the Berkshires. Beth W. Hi, this is Beth W. from North Dakota. Um, gratefully recovered uh, for today. Uh, compulsive overeater. Um, I um, love this line that if we are sorry for what we have done, so that's um, condition number one, and have honest desire to let God take us to better things, condition number two, we believe we will be forgiven and we'll have learned our lessons. So that's the that's what's coming next. Um, you know, I um, I learned that the word repent or, you know, it means to turn away or turn back or turn, uh, change direction. And so that's like that, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what I've done. You know, it doesn't mean I just keep doing what I did. I, you know, oh, I'm sorry and then keep doing it. It's um, I'm sorry for what I did and I've learned a lesson and now I'm ready to do something different, you know. God is going to help me direct my feet to a different way. And then there is forgiveness. Um, it sounds like somebody's unmuted, but there is forgiveness. And then we, um, that's the beauty of it is I don't have to stay there. And I don't have to say, oops, I screwed up. All is lost. I've got nothing left, you know. Um, 
I'm going to stumble. I'm going to, I'm human. I'm, I'm going to make a mistake and not get to my ideal right on the first try. Um, and, and that's the beauty. But the next sentence is the warning. If we're not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, that's the warning. Then we're sure to get drunk. But, but there's a promise in the sentence before that, that, you know, here's, here we, we can see our mistake. We can ask for forgiveness and be forgiven. And then we can change. You know, it's a course correction. It's an opportunity for course correction. And I, um, I love it when I try to go off GPS and do it my own way, you know, and, and GPS is like, turn around, turn around, take the next U-turn, turn around, take the next, get off of here and turn around. And I keep thinking I can do it better. Like I'm a little smarter than my GPS. Like, oh no, I got this GPS. You know, I can do this myself. And, and I, I, I get, you know, 10 miles out of my way because I didn't just take the first U-turn I could because I wasn't, I thought I could outsmart it. Um, and uh, gosh, you know, that's kind of this. It's just a quick course correction. I can be forgiven. Oops, made a mistake. I'm getting right back on, on, on track right here, right now. And, um, and you know, it, it's, uh, it's just all a process, just gentle course correction. And that's all I have. Thanks for being here with me today, and I'll pass. Thank you, Beth W. in North Dakota. Melissa C., Hi, Rebecca, would it be a problem to let the other person go and then put me on? I think I'm going to be in a bad spot, and I'll be in a better spot in about three minutes, if you don't okay. mind. Okay. I'll catch you Thanks later, so Melissa much. C. Thank Pam. you. Oh, hi. Good morning. This is um, it's uh, actually Sam uh, Shorker, Samantha S. <laughs> um, Sam. from Rhode Island. <laughs> hi. Good morning, everybody. Um, I really don't want to share this morning, which means I have to, and usually I only hop on the line if I have some, like, blowout, like, amazing share that makes me look really strong, and now I look really scared, so I'm doing it. Um, this paragraph here is really powerful, and I knew it was going to be, and I really want to ignore the fact that the paragraph before and the paragraph um, below it's it's all about sex here. Um, I want to put this paragraph and just kind of squeeze the ideal share about like ideals with other things. Um, but, you know, in reality, like this last couple of, um, you know, shares and, and meetings have all been about, you know, what our ideals are, sex ideals. And, you know, I wrote down the other day what they are. I'm about to embark on another step four with a um, new sponsor in a different step study process. And, um, you know, I wrote down all these things, but in my head I thought, well, I don't actually have to address these yet because I'm not here yet. And so, like, that's my motivation, and that's, like, going to <laughs> cause me to pick up again. I don't want to do that. And, um, you know, I've been praying for the right ideals and, you know, r- writing a lot, and, and it's been coming. Like, be careful what you pray for. Um, and so now I feel like uh, this discomfort rising every single time, like I'm uh, ignoring an opportunity to practice these ideals and to instead um, fear and defer any action. And that's not going to work for me. Um, so I'm trying to practice step two, like coming to believe, like if God can remove the obsession with food, he can sure work on this part of my life. Um, so I'm just trying to remain very hopeful and trying to um, give it over God and also to, um, to, to stumble means that I'm trying to walk that path. 
it doesn't mean that I'm frozen. Um, so for today, I'm going to, um, I'm really going to pray about it, keep praying about it, and, and try to figure out opportunities where I can practice that ideal and ask God um, for direction. And when he gives that direction to actually go instead of um, trying to convince myself that I still have time. Um, yeah, thanks so much, everybody. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sam S. in Rhode Island. Melissa C., are you available? Yes. Hi. I think this should be fine now. Melissa C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and, um, you know, I'm thinking, like, I have to be real careful when you make these ideals because, um, you know, the forming of the ideals, this perfect image is one thing, Right. But now I've got to now I've got to live up to them, and you know, um, putting the food down, doing the work. God awakened inside of me a moral code, and once that awareness comes, I can no longer live, you know, outside of what my ideals are. If I want to live free of the food, you know, and so um, what it, what it means is. We kind of grow to become not kind of we grow to become better human beings for sure. I know I have, you know, and I am truly imperfect. You know, like I love how it says like if we fall short. Um, now for me, when when I fall short, I am going to fall short, and when I fall short, um, I get I get some feedback just like when my my students make a mistake. And I make some, you know, little feedback, little corrections on their paper, and I urge them, don't take it personal. Like, don't take the paper with these little corrections and ball it up and throw it in the garbage, right? But also, don't take these corrections and ignore them and repeat the same mistake. So, like, what do I do when I get the feedback? And and for me, the feedback doesn't come in a, you know, in little comments on the paper. It comes in a argument. It comes in a resentment. It comes in a fear. And so now I'm prompted to act and behave differently. And so, you know, for someone like me, what does that mean? You know, my ideal as a as an employee, I can't lie to my boss. God put it in my heart that if I'm going to take a day off, I have to call it what it is. And so if my kids are sick, I have to take it as a family sick day. Never mind that I only get five of those, but I get 20 of my own sick days. I can no longer lie. And I've had this, you know, instance with where I did. I lied. I let, I let my secretary at work put in the lie. I, I, I failed to put the right code in. I just sort of left it blank. And I knew she was going to lie for me. And then when she said something, oh, I, I put it in as a sick day because you're out of family sick days, you know, God <laughs> had me say, mm-mm, you can't lie. And I had to tell her, no, no, it actually was a family sick day. And when she said, but you're out of them, I said, that's okay, just put in that code. Knowing that I was going to get docked a day's pay, you know, for me, what? thank you, whatever I make <laughs> – uh, and a day's pay is nowhere near worth my freedom. Um, and that's sort of what happens to us recovered. Thanks so much. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Melissa C. from New York. Kelly S. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. It's Kelly S. Um, from Oklahoma Recovered Compulsive Eater and Blamit. Um, I just, whenever I share on, on the meetings, I always really ask my higher power to speak to me to help the newcomer, and especially um, the person who's like me, he's been around forever. So when I, when I read this stuff, um, in my past, I'm just the type of person that I'm just like, I want to check things off. I want to get things done. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a to-do person. You know, where's my to-do list? Done, done, done. So, you know, when I've done these um, uh, steps in the past, you know, it's like I just wanted to do them to say I did them. I've done these steps. I've done these steps, you know. And um, also, you know, the thing I even look at today is, you know, so those were my motives, right? Just get it done. My other motive was um, – for accolades to look so wonderful and great. You know, it's like, look at me, I'm just so wonderful, I'm doing all this stuff. So, you know, when I started working this step, as it says in the big book, you know, four and a half years ago, what uh, I think this is such an important paragraph, as it was pointed out, was the thing I was missing, and I've shared many times, is I didn't understand I was trying to get over the spiritual malady or work on the spiritual malady, which we learned at the conference is also our human condition. You know, so if I'm coming in here and I'm doing these steps because I just want to be abstinent, or I just want to keep my weight off. I just don't want to get to my disease. Those aren't, those aren't the motives this book is talking about. This mo- this, the motives are because I really want to be a better person. Love and tolerance is our code. I'm going to tell you guys, that does not come easy for me. So it wasn't that I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to be a better person. I wasn't thinking I don't want to be a good person. But today I do these steps because I'm working on the spiritual malady because I know, as it's been shared, that if I don't work on these things, You know, not only I'm going to go back, but I really want to be better. That's what's freaking me out, which I know sounds crazy. But so when I get into this stuff, like I, it is when I stumble, because I stumble often. I I think I don't like the way this feels. You know, this feeling of uncomfortability drives me to my higher power today. It drives me to work these steps. And I'm so grateful for that because I know that if I don't do these steps, if I don't do this work and lean into God, I'm going to go back. I've been around long enough. I know that's true. So my motive today is I want to be loving and tolerant. I'm asking my higher power to help, you know, melt my icy heart. I think of the Grinch, you know, and uh, the Grinch that sold Christmas. And um, I also just want to share this really quick. I have a a one-year-old toddler grandson, grandbaby, and he's learning to walk. And I watch him. He stumbles constantly and doesn't give up. And when he does stumble, the first thing he does is reach for a hand. And, you know, and when, he, when somebody puts a hand out there and he touches the hand, even if it's just a finger, you can tell he just has ease and comfort and he feels better. And so I was thinking about that today when we were talking and somebody was sharing, I don't know what it was, but I think about him. You know, so if I stumble, I can just reach out for my higher power's finger, hand, whatever. You guys hold on and keep going and know that if I just do this work, I am not going to have to go back to the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly S. from Oklahoma. I'm afraid we're at the end of our time, so Devorah, maybe you could share in the next hour or tomorrow. Um, Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID for this meeting, Monday, November 25th, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 13,711. That's 13711. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Russ M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you, Rebecca. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if our own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. You should be with, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.